جزا الله بالخيرات عنا إماتا لنا نقل القرآن عذبا وسلسالا فمنهم بدور سابعة قد تواساطت سماء العلا والعادل زهرا وكمالا Now inshallah ta'ala in this episode we're going to be speaking about the meaning of al-ahruf al-sab'ah when the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said Unzila al-Qur'an ala sab'ati ahrufin That the Qur'an was sent down in seven ahruf What did the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mean by that? Before I go in to explaining the sab'atu uh, Al-ahruf al-sab'ah I want to do five things insha'Allah ta'ala That I believe is very important That the listeners and the viewers understand Prior to commenting and explaining the views regarding Al-Ahruf Al-Sab'ah and whichever view is uh, closest to the truth. The first point that inshallah ta'ala I want to clarify before going into the meaning is uh, Al-Qira'at Al-Sab'ah that the seven Qira'at that we have today لَيْسَتْ هِيَ الْأَحْرُفِ Al-Sab'ah that it is not the seven Ahruf. Okay? The seven qira'at that we have today with us that we hear people recite in that Al-Imam Ash-Shatibi mentions in his kitab Al-Hirz Al-Amani wa Wajhu Al-Tahani fi Al-Qira'at Al-Sab'ah that he talks about the seven qira'at, the seven qira'at. These seven qira'at are not the seven ahruf that we will be talking about. And I'm going to mention five great imams saying this, inshaAllah ta'ala, yani pointing this out. The first Imam is uh, Maki ibn Abi Talib, Rahimahullah, who died in year 337. He said, Fama Mandana and Nakiraata Kuli Wahidi Minha Ula il Kurai Kanafi, Wasim, Wabi Amr, Ahadul Ahruf, a Sabah, a letty Nassan Nabi Salah, the Selema, Fadalika Minhu Galat, Fadalika Minhu Galatun Adim. إِذْ يَجِبُ أَنْ يَكُونَ مَا لَمْ يَقْرَ بِهِ هَؤُلَاءِ السَّبْعَةِ مَتْرُوكًا Makib ibn Abi Talibin, he said, whoever believes, or whoever thinks, أَنَّ قِرَآتَ كُلِّ وَاحِدِ مِنْ هَؤُلَاءِ الْقُرَّاءِ That these seven reciters, يعني these seven قُرَّاءِ يعني, And he gives an example, like Nafi' and Asim and Abi Amr, who are the seven قُرَّاءِ he said, anyone who thinks that these seven Qurra are ahadul, ahadul al ahruf they think that each qari represents one ahruf that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa stated in the hadith, fadalika min walatun. This person is mistaken because by saying that, like for example, if you say nafi's qira'ah is one harf, asim's one is another harf, abu amr is another harf. And then you count the seven qurra and each qari, you make it one harf. So what you're in essence saying is that any these seven qurra are the only ahruf, that they are the only ahruf, and anyone other than these seven, their recitations can be abandoned and left. And we know the qiraat are not just seven, they're more than seven. There are ten and I mentioned previously, Abu Ubaid al-Qasim al-Salam mentioned 25 qira'at in his kitab. Uh, so that's what you're saying in essence. If you say that the seven qira'at are the seven 
uh, ahruf that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated. Abu al-Abbas al-Mahdawi, who died in year 440 Hijriya, this is the second Imam. He says, لَقَدْ فَعَلَ مُسَبِّعُ السَّبْعَةِ مَا لَا يَنْبَغِي لَهُ وَأَشْكَلَ الْأَمْرُ عَلَى الْعَامَّةِ بِإِيهَامِهِ كُلُّ مَنْ قَلَّ النَّظَرُ أَنَّ هَذِي الْقِرَاءَةِ هِيَ الْمَذْكُورَةِ فِي الْخَبَرِ وَلَيْتَهُ إِذِ اقْتَصَرَ نَقَصَ عَلَى السَّبْعَةِ أَوْ زَادَ لِيُزِيلَ الشُبْحَةِ Abul Abbas al-Mahdawi who died in year 440 Hijriya He says that this issue of people thinking that the seven qiraat is seven ahruf He said this comes from an imam by the name of Abu Bakr ibn Mujahid This mistake came from who? Abu Bakr ibn Mujahid Why? He authored a book where he called it uh, As-Sab'ah And so people when they saw this book of his And this book was of course in qiraat They thought that the qiraat and the ahruf is sab'ah are the same So he made this uh, ambiguity or vagueness or even confusion come to the general mass because of his his doings. And then he said, Rahimahullah, why didn't he either reduce and make it six so that it doesn't confuse the people? Or why didn't he at least add an extra one and make it eight? So he can remove this doubt from the hearts of the people. Yani make it eight. Like Ibn Ghalbun did, Rahimahullah, Abu Hassan Ibn Ghalbun. Ibn Ghalbun, he wrote a kitab called At-Tadkira Fil Qiraati Thaman. He made it eight, so he doesn't confuse the people. The third Imam is Abu Shamat al-Maqdisi, Rahimahullah. Abu Shamat, Rahimahullah, he said, وَقَدْ ظَنَّ جَمَاعَةٌ مِمَّا لَا خِبْرَةَ لَهُ بِأُصُولِ هَذَا الْعِلْمِ أَنَّ قِرَاءَاتَهَا أُولَاءِ الْأَئِمَّةِ السَّبْعَةِ هِيَ الَّتِي عَبَّرَ عَنْهَا النَّبِيُّ أنزل القرآن على سبعة أحرف فقراءة كل واحد من هؤلاء حرف من تلك الأحرف ولقد أخطأ من نسب إلى ابن مجاهد أنه قال ذلك أبو شامة said that a group of people who have no understanding or deep comprehension of these the science of علوم القرآن قراءات people who don't know this they thought that the seven قراءات that uh, we have today are the seven ahruf that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was referring to in the hadith Unzil al-Qur'an ala sab'ati ahruf And so what they thought was each qari is one harf of the seven that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned And he also clarified that it's wrong on behalf of those who think that to attribute this view to Abu Bakr ibn Mujahid to say Abu Bakr ibn Mujahid said that the seven qiraat are the seven ahruf. He said they're wrong and they're mistaken because all Abu Bakr ibn Mujahid really did was he wrote a book in qiraat and he mentioned seven qiraat and it happened to be the same number as the ahruf that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned salawatullahi wa sallamun Now I'm going to mention the fourth imam is Ibn al-Jazari rahimahullah. Ibn al-Jazari who died a year at 833 Hijriya, he said, لا يجوز, it is not permissible, أن يكون المراد هؤلاء هؤلاء السبعة القراء المشهورين وإن كان يظنه بعض العوام لأن هؤلاء السبعة لم يكونوا خلقوا ولا وجدوا. Ibn Jazari رحمه الله, he said, لا يجوز, it is not permissible, أن يكون المراد هؤلاء السبعة القراء المشهورين وإن كان يظنه بعض العوام. It is not permissible. Uh, that the intent behind the hadith 
unzil al-Qur'an ala sab'ati ahrufin to assume that it's referring to these famous qurra, the seven great qurra that is referring to them. It is a mistaken belief. It's a, uh, a error on the side of the person who thinks that. And the scholars, what you tend to see is that they refer to the people who think that the qira'at is sab'a and the ahruf is sab'a are the same. They refer to them as what? Awam, the general mass. And they're not scholars and they're not students of knowledge. Because if you say that the sab'at ahruf are the qira'at is sab'a, then when the Messenger is saying the seven ahruf, these seven qurra weren't even alive, they weren't created yet. They didn't come into existence, Ibn al-Jazir says. The earliest of them all is Ibn, Ibn Amr, Imam Ahl sham Ibn Amr was the earliest, they said he was born on the 21st, uh, year of the Hijriya rahimahullah and Imam al-Shatibi rahimahullah he said وَأَمَّا دِمَشْقُ الشَّامِ دَارُ بْنُ عَامِرٍ فَتِلْكَ بِعَبْدُ فَتِلْكَ بِعَبْدِ اللَّهِ طَابَتْ مُحَلَّلًا Imam Ibn Amir was Imam Ahl al-Sham he was Imam Ahl al-Sham so he was the earliest and he was a student of Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala the best student Abu Darda had in Quran was Ibn Amir rahimahullah so he was the earliest, and even he wasn't at the time of the Prophet Saying that the Qira'at is Sab'a is the Ahruf is Sab'a is a, a fallacy, it's a mistaken belief, and, and it's an error. Finally, the fifth and final Imam I want to mention is none other than Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah. Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, فَتَبَيَّنَ بِمَا ذَكَرْنَاهُ أَنَّ الْقِرَاءَاتِ الْمَنْسُوبَةِ إلى نافع وعاصم هي الأحرف السبعة التي أنزل القرآن عليها وذلك باتفاق علماء السلف والخلف. شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية he said it has become clear as we had mentioned أن القراءات السبع تنافع أن عاصم هي الأحرف السبعة to say that it is the seven أحرف that the Quran was sent down is a mistaken belief. It's wrong and that is by consensus of the ulama of the Salaf and the Khalaf. So the scholars, they excused Abu Bakr ibn Mujahid for four reasons. They mentioned four reasons to excuse Abu Bakr ibn Mujahid in doing such a thing. The first reason, I mean, the first excuse they gave for him was that he authored these seven qira'at uh, in accordance to uh, the shuyukh he took from. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, facilitated for, for Abu Bakr ibn Mujahid to be able to take the Qur'an in these seven qira'at and he didn't get more. And the shuyukh he received the Qur'an from were these seven uh, qira'at. And so the seven, by the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, happened to be the seven of the ahruf al-sab'a. So this was uh, in accordance to his chains of Qira'at, it was just seven. It happened to be seven. And the Ahruf al-Sab'a happened to be seven. And that's where the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came about. So this they say, this Adad is just muwafaqa. It just agreed with one another. I hope that is clear. The second inshallah ta'ala is, he authored these seven uh, deliberately in accordance to the Ahruf al-Sab'a. He did it deliberately. Yani these seven qira'at, he chose them. He had more than this. He had more than seven. So again, this is contrary to the first view. It's in opposition to the first view. 
remember the first excuse that was given for him. The second view, second uh, excuse is that he did it, uh, these seven, uh, because um, he wanted tabarruk and tayammun. He was looking for barakah. The Prophet said seven here, and he selected seven. And it wasn't to say to the people that these seven are these seven. But he saw the Prophet mention seven here, and he thought, why not make a qiraat and choose seven of them? And he selected and he chose seven of those qiraat and authored a book in it. This view, Shihabuddin al-Qastalani and Abu Shamat al-Maqdisi both said this was the reason why he did it. The third excuse that some scholars give is, or the reasoning of why he did it, is that they said the masahif that Uthman radiallahu anhu, he sent, he sent it to uh, the Amsar, the lands that he sent it to were seven places, seven uh, cities, seven main cities that Uthman radiallahu anhu sent it to. There's a view that says it was seven. And Abu Bakr ibn Mujahid, what he did was, he, uh, what he did was that he, rahimahullah rahmatan wasi'ah, he wanted to make the qiraat in accordance to those seven. That's a view that some scholars have said. So again, he's not in any way, shape or form trying to say that the qiraat as sab'ah and the ahruf as sab'ah are both the same. He's not saying in any way, shape or form. The fourth reason, or the fourth excuse or the fourth explanation that the scholars have given and put forward is that that we can't hold Abu Bakr ibn Mujahid account for the ignorance of the general mass and say that the people understood it like this so it's your fault we cannot fault him because of the people's understanding he's a scholar, he's an imam, he's entitled to choose whatever number he likes and it's upon the general mass and the people to study their religion and understand it so those four reasons are the i'tidharat, excuses that the scholars have put forward to explain his reasoning and why he did it, rahimahullah ta'ala. So I've mentioned the first point that I said I wanted to go through before I go and indulge and clarify and comment on the meaning of the Aharuf al-Sab'ah. I've clarified one point, I hope so, which is that the seven qira'at are not the seven Aharuf. I hope I've clarified that for you all. The second point I want to mention is the Ahruf al-Sab'ah, the Ahadith that have come regarding it, the Ahadiths that have come regarding it have reached a level in Ilm al-Hadith known as Mutawatir. It has reached mass transmission, multitude narration, mass transmission. It's Mutawatir. And when we say that a Hadith reaches Mutawatir, it means that it benefits our certainty. It's no longer speculation and assumption. It's now based on certainty. Then the hadith related to Al-Ahruf al-Sab'ah is mutawatir. And the scholars that mention that it's mutawatir are a lot, but I've only, I'm only going to mention three. The first one is uh, Al-Imam uh, Abu Ubaid Al-Qasim bin Musallam who died the year 224 Hijriah. He said it's mutawatir. The second Imam I'm going to mention is Al-Imam Abu Amr al-Daniyu, who died the year 444 Hijriya. He clearly and categorically stated that the hadith Al-Ahruf al-Sab'ah have reached tawatur, multitude narration, mass transmission. 
The last and final Imam that I'm going to mention, which is the third, is Ibn al Qasih. He died a year 801 Hijriah. He said that the hadiths, Lahruf uh, Saba, are mutawatir. Mutawatir. The third, inshallah ta'ala, point that I want to bring to your attention before I explain what it means, Al-Ahruf Saba, is this uh, hadith, Al-Ahruf Saba, that we have and we see, is not a matter that we Muslims are hiding and that we're trying to uh, throw a wool over the people's eyes and uh, hide it from them and it's, it's only mentioned in private circles. No. Books have been written on it. And these books have become volumes. And if you bring them together, they're volumes. They're hundreds of pages, thousands of pages from the Muslims. It's not that Orientalists and the non-Muslims are the ones who brought it out. I'm going to give you some books that have been written on it for you to understand that this is not something that the Muslims are hiding. Uh, it's something you can research. These books, you can download them online and read about it. And it also, inshallah ta'ala, what I want to bring to your attention is that I will not be able to go over this topic in great details as I would love to. The reason because it's, it's, it's thousands of books. We're talking about hundreds of books that have been written on it. Yani, I will say to you, there is not a book that talks about Ulum al-Quran, except there is a chapter in there that speaks about Al-Ahraf al-Sab'ah. Every book of Ulum al-Quran that you get, Al-Ahraf al-Sab'ah is mentioned in there. But I'm not mentioning those books. I'm mentioning books that have specifically been written on just Al-Ahraf al-Sab'ah. And if I count and I mention the other books that have in their chapters related to Al-Ahraf al-Sab'ah, then I would mention Bukhari, which brings it, Muslim, Abi Dawood, Tirmidhi, Ibn Majan, Nasa'i, Muslim Ahmed, Muslim Al-Tayalisi, uh, what do you call it, uh, Musanaf Ibn Abi Shayba, I will mention all of the Dawawin al-Sunnah, because all of them state the Hadith. But I'm talking about books that have been specifically writ been written on it. The first one is Abu Ubaid al-Qasim al-Salam. He has a book on the Al-Ahraf al-Sab'ah. Ibn Qutayba, Rahimahullah, who died, who died a year, 276 Hijriyah. He has a kitab on Al-Harf al-Sab'ah. We have Al-Imam Abu al-Fadl al-Raziyu who died the year 454 Hijriyah. He has a kitab on Al-Harf al-Sab'ah. Al-Imam Abu Shamat al-Maqdisi. He has written a book on Al-Harf al-Sab'ah. Al-Imam al-Jazari, Al-Imam ibn al-Jazari, Al-Imam ibn al-Jazari, Rahimahullah. He has a kitab on, on Al-Harf al-Sab'ah. Al-Shaykh Muhammad Bakhit al-Muti'i, who died the year 1354 Hijriyah, has a written a book on it. These are all the mutaqaddimin, the early people, the early scholars. Let me now mention the mutaakhirin, some of those who are still alive and recent books that have been written on it. Al-Dukhtar uh, Abdul Aziz Al-Qari, who is the Amid Kulliyati uh, Al-Hadith, I think. In Jamia Islamia, he has written a book on it. Dr. Hassan Diyauddin Itr has a research, Risala Ilmiya, he has written on Al-Ahruf al-Sab'ah. So, two things it benefits us, these works. Number one, the Muslims are not hiding anything. It's available for anybody to read. Number two, it's not something that can be tackled in an episode or two. It's something that requires... Uh, 
lengthy, lengthy uh, episodes, each one that two, three hours and four, like hundreds of uh, parts, which inshallah ta'ala I wouldn't be able to do. So I'm just going to give you the khulas inshallah ta'ala, the summary. And it's upon you viewers and listeners to go furthermore and read about it inshallah ta'ala. The fourth one is al-ikhtilaf. There are differences of opinion regarding al-ahruf al-sab'a. Yes, we agree there are. There is khilaf, there are differences of opinion. The views are not all united. The Muslims have differed in this issue. I'm going to mention um, some of the Imams stating this. Al-Imam ibn al-Arabi, rahimahullah, al-Maliki, the great Maliki scholar, he said, لم يأتي في معنى هذه السبع These seven, يعني سبع, الأحرف السبعة الأحرف السبعة There hasn't come, he said, نص ولا أثر There's no textual evidence or even any proof that we have from the Prophet or even the companions that explains to us what this Al-Ahruf al-Sab'ah means. We don't. وَاخْتَلَفَ النَّاسُ فِي تَعْيِينِهَا And because of it, the scholars differed regarding it. Because there's no Nas and there's no Athar, difference of opinion occurred. I'm going to mention, inshallah ta'ala, there are two reasons, there are two reasons why this whole issue, there is difference of opinion. One of them, Ibn al-Arabi just told you now, which is there is no nas and there is no athar in this situation. And remember, we Muslims, when we differ on a matter, what were we commanded to do? We were told that if we differ, if you differ upon one, uh, one another in a matter, then Allah and His Messenger are going to uh, judge between you. Allah says, يَا الَّذِينَ آمُنُوا أَطِيعُوا اللَّهُ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ أُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْكُمْ فَإِنْ تَلَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ That if you differ in a matter and you disagree in a matter, we were instructed to go back to the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So this issue of Al-Ahruf al-Sab'ah, we don't have a nas or an athar to go back to. That's why the difference of opinion occurred. That's one reason. The second reason why I'm going to mention inshallah ta'ala in our next episode, the second reason why there is a difference of opinion. Al-Imam Jalaluddin al-Suyuti mentioned, he said, اختلف في معنى هذا الحديث. This hadith, al-ahruf al-sab'a, he said there is a difference of opinion regarding it. على نحو من أربعين قولا, 40 views. يعني Suyuti, Jalaluddin al-Suyuti is saying, after he looked at it and he researched and he observed and he looked and he looked, he said, rahimahullah, there are 40 views regarding Al-Ahruf al-Sab'ah. Mullah Ali Qari came and what did he do? He made it after Suyuti he came. He made it how many views? He made it 41 views. So he added an extra view onto the uh, issue. Ibn Hibban, what did he say? He said, اختلف أهل العلم في معنى الأحرف السبعة على خمسة وثلاثين قولا. Ibn Hibban, at his time, there was 35 views. Suyuti said it's 40. Mullah Ali Qalit came, he made it 41. This issue has become so disagreed upon that Ibn al-Jazari, Imam هذا الفن, the Imam of this field, what did he say? Rahimahullah. He said, ما زلت أستشكل هذا الحديث وأفكر فيه وأمعن النظر من نيف وثلاثين سنة حتى 
حتى فتح الله علي بما يمكن أن يكون صوابا إن شاء الله ابن الجزري رحمه الله said this hadith has truly confused me and has become very vague and ambiguous for me he said I thought about it I pondered over it. I contemplated over it. I looked at it multiple times, he said. For how long? 30-something years I've been looking at it. After that, what did he say? Until Allah opened for me. Look what he said. That which I hope, I hope, he said, that it will be the correct view if Allah wills. Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah came after that. The great scholar, Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah. He said, Hadi mas'ala kabira. This, first of all, Al-Harf al-Sab'a is a very, uh, very complicated issue. Takallama fiha asnaf al-ulama'i. Many scholars have spoken about it, have discussed it. He said, Min al-fuqaha'i, the scholars, wal-qurra'i, and the scholars of qira'at. وَأَهْلِ الْحَدِيثِ وَالْكَلَامِ And the scholars of hadith, and the scholars of ilm al-kalam, وَشَرْحِ الْغَرِيبِ وَغَيْرِهِمْ And the scholars who've looked at strange words, يعني غريب الألفاظ, yeah, this word is strange, what does it mean? He's saying the fuqaha looked at this hadith. The qurra looked at this hadith. The ahlul hadith, they looked at this hadith. Ahlul kalam, they looked at this hadith. The scholars of the language, who the dictionaries, they also try to look at this hadith. All of these people looked at it. It was a matter that all of the sciences did not hold back. Everybody threw what they could say about it. This, by the way, brothers and sisters, shows us something very important, which is our scholars, their sincerity and their honesty. If they didn't know something, they would say, I don't know. It also shows us how they didn't hold back in trying to look at the hadith and understand it and digest it. Number five, this point I think is very important that every single person understands this, which is after I mention the difference of opinion, some of you might be taken back and say, whoa, you just mentioned Ibn al-Jazari, you just mentioned Jalal al-Din al-Suyuti, you mentioned Ibn al-Arabi, you mentioned Ibn al-Hibban, you mentioned Ibn al-Taymiyyah, you know, like if these people were saying that this is complicated, how would you be able to give us the strongest opinion? And how will this ever be resolved? What I want to say to you, brothers and sisters, who are watching, who are viewing this episode, is that the ambiguity and the difference in the meaning of this hadith has nothing to do with the preservation. It has nothing to do with the preservation of the Qur'an. It's got to do with the meaning of this hadith and what is understood from it. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. None of those imams that I mentioned looked at this hadith and said, I'm questioning the preservation of the Qur'an. The Qur'an is not preserved. Because of the fact that this hadith is, is, not, is not understood properly, or the, uh, the confusion in this hadith, because of it, I believe the Qur'an is not preserved. None of them said that. They said, the confusion is regarding what does this hadith mean. I also want to say to you, brothers and sisters, that the Sahabas knew what it meant. The Sahabas, Ridwanullah alayhim ajma'in, they knew what it meant. Because 
The hadith I mentioned to you, Al-Ahruf al-Sab'ah, as mutawatir, multitude narration. When Umar radiallahu anhu and the Mukhasama, the dispute, the argumentation that took place between Umar radiallahu anhu and Hisham ibn Hakim, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa told them both that the Quran came down in seven ahruf. It was to judge between the two of them that what you read is right and what you read was right. And then the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa told him that the Quran was sent down in seven ahruf. Umar understood that what seven meant, seven, seven ahruf meant. And Hisham al-Hakim understood it because the Prophet was judging between the two of them. If they didn't understand, Umar would have said, Ya Rasulullah, I don't know how that works. Hisham is reading it wrong. You said there's seven ahruf. What do you mean by seven ahruf? Umar would have asked if he didn't understand. Hisham and Hakim would have asked if he didn't understand. Rather, if you look at the narration Imam Ahmad mentioned in his Musnad, that uh, Ubay radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he heard a recitation being recited. It confused him. He started to have a doubt. And the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after that told Ubay radiallahu ta'ala, after that he told him, Ubay, the Qur'an has been sent down in seven ahruf. In seven ahruf. Ubay radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the doubt that was in his heart left. When the Prophet sallallahu hit him in the chest, the doubt left his heart. And Ubay was told that this different recitations you're hearing is all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the seven ahruf. Ubay didn't look at the Prophet and say, Ya Rasulullah, I'm still confused. I don't know what you're saying. He understood what the Messenger sallallahu was saying. Because the Sahaba, many of the ahadiths, what we see from them is that when the Messenger says something, they said, Ya, ya Rasulullah, what is this? They question him. They ask him in order to know more. The people who the ambiguity came to, and were not able to understand what the Al-Ahruf al-Sab'ah meant is those who came after the Sahabas. They were the ones who became confused by it uh, and didn't understand it. I already mentioned to you one reason why they didn't understand it. The people who came after didn't understand it because there's no narration. There is no narration what the Ahruf al-Sab'ah means. There is no narration. And this is another thing. Why did the Sahabas not transmit something? Because the hadith I just said is mutawatir, multitude narration. Why did not one companion say, this is what's meant by it? The reason why they didn't is because it was known by necessity. It was something that was well known. They didn't think it required explanation. And I'm going to, inshallah ta'ala, expand on that more when we go into the meaning of al-Aharuf al-Sab'ah. Those five points, keep it in your mind. As we go through the views that are out there, things will become clear, inshallah, uh, ta'ala for you. Uh, I'm going to stop here for now, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bismillah al-Kareem. Jazakumullah khairan for listen. Wa barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. How can you do a two-second action right now that will give you a share of the reward of everything we're doing on this YouTube channel? Simple. Like this video and click subscribe. Why? It will allow YouTube to recommend our videos to other users. And imagine the huge amount of reward that could be waiting for you on the day of judgment if you did that with a sincere intention of spreading the Deen of Allah.
You'll be rewarded for every single person who benefits from one of our videos as a result of your like or subscribe. That's an easy two second action that you definitely don't want to miss out on. Do it now, click like and subscribe and don't forget to make that intention.